Are you ready to make the right moves and unlock your passion? Welcome to From the Inside Out with your host, Carla D. Walker. To be your best self in your personal life and your business life, all you need to do is look within yourself. Now, here is Carla D. Walker. Good morning, world. How are you this morning? It is an absolutely beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, This is Carla. So happy to be here with you today. I hope you got up feeling good and feeling motivated and ready to take on this world and move forward in your life. I hope things are going well for you. I really hope within this last week you were able to accomplish some things that moved you forward in the goals that you wanted to create for yourself. Those things, a lot of the things that we've talked about uh, over the last few months relative to what you wanted to do, what was the purpose in your life. I hope maybe by now you've had some indication in terms of what your purpose is or or at least one of your purposes because remember, There is no one purpose. You know, you may have multiple purposes as you move through your life. So don't get hung up just trying to find the one, find the one that is now and move with that. But I hope you're feeling good. I hope your health is great. I hope that you are able to push through your colds or any aches or pains that you may have had uh, as a result of maybe you're a weekend warrior and you're out there trying to make the best of, uh, of your weekend and also getting in a little exercise or maybe you're playing with the kids or you know, you're just having a fun with your friends and maybe you went too far, maybe you got that twisted ankle or maybe something happened to your hand or you know, maybe you were outside and you got bit by mosquitoes. I hate those mosquitoes. I'm sure they serve a purpose, but I can't figure out what that may be. But anyway, so make sure you've got your sunscreen on and and we're trying to really get work in as much as possible over these last few months of summer and really try to get it in while we can go outside. And for those of you who will be caught up soon in beautiful fall weather with all the changing leaves, you know, that just talks again about change. Change is so constant in our lives and, you know, we Sometimes we want to get away from it, but we can't because change is ever present in our lives and what we do. You know, so as you watch the leaves change, you know, going from green to purple or red or gold or brown or all the beautiful colors that Mother Nature provides for us. Um, hope you're enjoying it. Hope you're taking it all in and and thinking about that relative as well toward the changes that are happening in your life. You know, there's something different going on than there was last year. There's something different going on than there was two weeks ago or three weeks ago or a week ago or a day ago. But that change is something that we don't have control of, the change maybe itself, but we do have control on how we react to the change, how we engage with that change. You know, what we do as it relates to that change. And we can look at it very positively or negatively, or we can have be apathetic about it. Um, but in order to move forward and to live your life to the fullest, I recommend embracing that change and taking action, using that change to continue to live the life that you wanted to live and to do those things that you need to do to move you forward 
and keep moving. Um, that is a wonderful thing to keep moving. But you know, I, I tell you that how you perceive things in your life, how you perceive maybe changes in your life, how you perceive how those changes impact you or don't impact you uh, in your life uh, can make a difference in terms of how you react to all of those changes. And so what, one of the things we're going to talk about today is perception. And, you know, is perception really reality? And I think we, we maybe even some of us have questioned, <laughs> particularly the last few years, how people can see things one way when maybe the facts are showing them something different. That all lies in our perception. Well, and you may have heard, or someone may have said to you, I know they said it to me, I've heard somebody tell me, that perception is reality. And I've always said, really, is it? Is perception really reality, or is it just the reality of the the individual who's perceiving it? And is that individual, is that reality real? Is reality really the reality that's going on? Yeah, that may sound a little, you know, crazy. Is reality reality? Is like I guess Bill Clinton saying, "What well, is the definition? It is." <laughs> Oh, when he was being cross-examined. But is reality, is perception really reality? Not necessarily. Sometimes their reality may be skewed or may not be, their perception may be skewed and that may in turn distort the reality that they are having. So what is perception? So perception uh, is the ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through the senses. You know, uh, it's a way of regarding, understanding, or interpreting something. You know, it's a mental impression. How many of you out there have have told, have been told, you need to make a good first impression? Yeah, yeah. I have too. I've heard that all the time. You know, your first impression, but people, you know, you want to make a good one because the first impression is lasting. Oh, yeah, it is. It can be. And that's because of the perception that people have about you when they either first meet you or they first talk with you or they have some initial interaction with you. And it can make a difference, either positively or negatively. You know, the thing is, is it reality? You know, if we think of reality as the world or state of things that are actually, that actually exist, the existence that is absolute, something that is self-sufficient, and objective but not subject to human decisions or connection connectedness now if that is reality and reality is something that is absolute if reality is something that actually exists then there 
one could argue there is a difference between perception and reality. So therefore, perception is not reality. But our reality may be shaped by our perception. Think about that. The way you perceive things can shape your reality. Let's think about what what really does guide perception when we think about it. What are some of the the things that guide perception? You know, I think about when I have I still have it to some degree. I have a fear of large dogs. <laughs> But not just all, not all large dogs, just specific large dogs. I'll give you an example how this fear impacted my reality. And I can, (laughs) and and I don't think I've told you this story, but it's a story in which when I was younger, my my little brother, David, who is now passed, say, David, I'm talking about you. Um, My brother, David, uh, had come to visit because I was living in, uh, one place, and David was living with our mother. We were, li- we were raised in two different environments. But David had come to visit, and we had taken a walk down down the street. Now, I want you to imagine it's a beautiful summer evening. The sky, the sun is you know, just about setting. You know, it's still light outside. You can see clearly everything that's going on. You know, the birds are chirping. You got a nice breeze blowing. You know, you can feel it blowing through your hair. You know, it's just a casual walk. You can hear kids playing on the street. I was still in high school, I think, when this happened. <laughs> so that means David was a few years younger. He wasn't quite in high school yet. But I remember as we were walking down the street and... There were two sides, of course, on one side of the street, you know, we didn't usually walk down because on the right side of the street, because one, we lived on the left side, and two, um, we weren't weren't sure who who lived in those houses as we were passing them, and so we were walking really more in the street than than out of the street. It was a time when you could walk in the street without getting hit by a car, but walking down the street and we're coming up to this house and it's a large house a large white house and I remember it had a front porch on it I remember there were two two people sitting on the front porch and I happened to notice there were these two huge dogs they look like big wolf hounds you know like what you would think um uh Something in an Edgar Allan Poe um, novel that you would think of. But they were two. They were the gray. And they weren't that, you know, really uh, vibrant looking gray. It was a dirty kind of gray with some white uh, hair coming through it. But they had massive hair. They had this huge mane. And because of my fear... And my perception of fear of huge dogs that they would always attack, I 
to feel myself beginning to uh, become more and more frightened the closer that we became came to the dogs. And as we got really close, I remember seeing the dogs start to move. And my first reaction was, oh my God, we've got to go. And as they started, there were two of them, as they, as we came closer to their house and we started to, they started to, to come off the porch, I looked at my little brother, bless his heart, and all I could say was, run, David, run, run. And so we ran and we ran and I ran as fast as I could. At this time, it was every man for themselves. David, you <laughs> so if he couldn't catch up, it's too bad. I would look back later. So I got ran, I ran, I ran. I got up on the porch and David eventually came up and the dogs only came out or only ran out as far as they as their house and they turned around and went back. But my perception drove my fear. My fear caused that fight or, fight or flight response that I had and leaving my little brother for the dogs. <laughs> as I ran to safety and then yelling from the porch, David, run. <laughs> ah, we'll talk more about perception when we come back from the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel we're making it easier to listen to the voice america talk radio network live wherever you go on iphone blackberry or android download it from the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market you are tuned into from the inside out 
To reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Carla Walker from the inside out at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Yeah, so David got home safely. Um, it was my my little brother uh, who grew up to be like 6'5 after. I think it was 6'5. He was over six feet tall. Gorgeous, gorgeous young man uh, who passed away um, a year, maybe over a year, half ago. Uh, he had a brain, t- a brain tumor. Um, so, uh, David, that story was for you. And... Um, when we talk about perceptions, uh, where do they come from? So um, we think about biases that we may have. We think about stereotypes. And, and, and stereotypes in particular that have been perpetuated over a long period of time can be very harmful. I mean, I think about, and then we've talked about a little bit, you know, how we have stereotyped people or different groups of people and consequently because of that stereotype you interact or not interact uh, with individuals in in regard to or in accordance with the belief or the stereotype that you have uh, that has been provided to you. Uh, stereotypes are not necessarily at all based on reality. Sometimes they're based on fear. Uh, or some uh, unconscious belief uh, or value that something is wrong. But we do know that uh, perceptions uh, and those things are learned. You learn the perceptions. Um, biases, you know, biases, again, these are learned activity. And we all have biases. We all run across those things that we are for or against or we have some sort of feeling about um, in terms of what those uh, uh, things are, what they may you know, rep- represent as we are gathering this information throughout our lives, we form opinions and those opinions, uh, right or wrong, um, may be attributed to our biases or those stereotypes and sometimes even our experiences that we have. You can have one negative experience that may paint your whole vision in terms of how you perceive something or how you look at someone or something or an organization or or beliefs. You know, if you grew up in a family who has very specific or very strict beliefs about certain things, then you wouldn't necessarily um, uh, things that don't meet that belief or meet that value you may feel a certain way about positively or negatively uh, and you may make decisions or react to um, uh, people or or things relative to that organizations in terms of that and, and your values we just mentioned that so and also the media can also um, uh, help to alter our perceptions uh, of individuals or things 
Um, you know, I think about this uh, as you, as it relates to movies and the way women were portrayed in movies, uh, the way people of color were portrayed in movies. You know, for a long time, you didn't see a woman who wasn't somebody's wife or they had to be somebody's mother or uh, a caretaker or in business, they were always secretaries. They were rarely the boss. They rarely owned the business themselves. And that gave, put off, or help, help I would say, um, support the uh, perception that women couldn't handle uh, roles or things that were... Um, that were difficult. I mean, there was the perception that being a, <laughs> being, uh, taking care of your home, taking care of a household, being a stay-at-home mother, or a st- uh, or being a, a wife, was not a difficult thing to do at all. I mean, you know, of course, men could do it with their hands tied behind their backs. <laughs> so. Um, those stereotypes, those biases against uh, women uh, in general uh, created this illusion that carried over uh, in society, carried over and impacted our workplace uh, and how women were perceived, even in terms of health. You know, for a long time, um, uh, women having their menstrual cycle or having pains during their menstrual cycle were told that they were just being hysterical, you know, that there was something, nothing wrong with them, that they needed to, you know, as TT says, calm down. <laughs> and that wasn't, you know, that, that wasn't the case. I mean, sometimes there were real health issues going on. Um, or for a woman to question uh, a man's decision on something was kind of unthought of. Fortunately, we've gone past that in most cases. There are still some cultures who don't seem to take women seriously or give them, treat them uh, as a full human being, full thinking, breathing human being. But again, those beliefs, those values, those biases, those stereotypes feed into those perceptions. And same thing with people of color. You know, there was a time period where there was a perception that a black man, uh, if he saw a white woman, for some women would reason would, you know, just go crazy and, and want to rape her. He wanted to rape every white woman that he saw. And so you had to keep your white women locked up or keep them away from the big black man. Um, again, stereotype bias that was wrong, that had a negative impact that still carries over today. You know, they called that, that was, I remember them calling that the Mandingo effect. Um, and, um, or, or even stereotyping uh, uh, blacks. And I was talking about the media, stereotype of people of color. Um, you know, when you look at old movies and you see Stephen Fetchett, or, or you see um, uh, this guy they called Lightning, uh, which was, um, they called him Lightning because he was so slow. And uh, he, 
he could never talk quickly or do anything quickly. He was just a negative stereotype um, that was perpetuated about uh, today about African Americans, or you see them and they could they are only good for janitorial work or menial labor, and you know I think about that's related mm-hmm. to Hispanics, you know, and um, you know they were always the house cleaner, they were always the the maid. Same thing with with uh, blacks as well and other people of color. So all these stereotypes and biases, you know, create or form our perception and consequently it impacts how we interact, how what we believe about people, um, what we believe uh, about or expect of them. And sometimes that expectation can form, can come into reality. But perception is, is guided not necessarily by facts, um, it's guided by those things that we that we talked about, by stereotypes, biases, experiences, beliefs, values, uh, by our media, by society, by our cultures. Uh, uh, those are all things that impact our perception, which in turn impact how we relate to each other, how we relate to things, how we think about things, how we how we react to that. You know, think about Jaws. <laughs> Think about Jaws, how that impacted how people began swimming in the water or not swimming in the water uh, about that. There are actually five types of perceptions that uh, we'll talk about for a second. I'll give them to you. One is stimulation. So what stimulation is means that it has to be uh, something brought to your attention. Uh, in order for that perception to engage, um, you know, uh, it has to be something you have to be come in contact with it in order for it to occur. Uh, it involves something with a stimulus. That could be uh, sights, smells, sounds, tastes, uh, and that will invoke uh, a perception, you know. Uh, the second one is called organization perception, and that's the capacity to identify and recognize objects and events, and connecting the familiar with the past. You know, because remember, we're, in terms of perception, we're storing, or we're gathering information as we go through our lives, and those things, we begin to organize them, uh, our our thoughts, in, in in terms of the experiences that we have, and the events that we go through and so we connect our connecting those things that are familiar with past events and they give us make us feel a certain way or react a certain way based upon uh, what that event or that experience was good whether it's positive or negative and then there's interpretation evaluation and that one is pretty much by stimuli by individual experiences needs wants values exceptions, uh, physical and emotional state, uh, gender, uh, and, and beliefs, meaning um, that are based on individual uh, rules. We're implying, it's basically applying uh, your biases to interpret what's going on. And of course, we have memory, uh, you know, we store uh, these things, both perception 
and interpretation and evaluation. Um, and they're kept, we keep them according to uh, the scripts or s- schematics that, that are going on. So this is basically remembering those things that are stored in our memory. And the fifth one is recall. And that's remembering the perceived event later on. And that will retrieve the most important details from that, or what we perceive as the most important details. And we'll talk more about that when we come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
tuned into From the Inside Out. To reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to carlawalkerfromtheinsideout at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey, it's Carla. We're talking about perception. And is, is perception reality? And and for me, I'm pretty, I thought we kind of the bonnet kind to, <laughs> oh, wow, I got tongue-tied there. I wanted to kind of, really wanted to have you think about a question. Is it really reality? Uh, Jim, I know you're out there. Uh, and uh, I know you say perception is reality. But I want you to think about that. Is it really? Um and I, and I say that we need to think about that to consider that because we need, if you think about the impact that it has on our lives, you know, I mentioned, you know, first impressions, you know, when you think about it, um, and that's one of the things that we consistently say uh, that can make uh, a lasting impression uh, due to something called the halo effect. You know, and the halo effect is... Uh, when the person's initial positive perception is one thing and one thing carries through to uh, simultaneously positive perceptions in the future. You know, so you had a great experience when you met uh, Joan and now every time you see her, and if you think about it, you know, you maybe feel good. You know, there's a, you know, it's a lightness or you know, it's a positive feeling, regardless of what uh, other uh, reality may may signal. Um, whether it, it the positive uh, perception is war- feeling is warranted or not, that first impression that we've had has that lasting effect. The sad thing about this is that it can go either way. So, if the first time that you met uh, Jamie, uh, you had a negative impact, uh, then uh, that will follow uh, your interactions with Jamie usually from that point forward. You know, that's why people say, so if you, you know, make sure you make a good first impression because it doesn't. And it's very, it's difficult to replace the negative with a positive impression. Uh, because impression, uh, per, excuse me, perception uh, has that strong of an impact uh, and carries and seems to, for some reason, really gets locked in to our mind. And it could be too, because it maybe relates to a lot of other factors that we talked about or mentioned uh, relative to the perception that we carry forward. And so the first time I meet Jamie, then I've got, and I get this positive um, that will carry to the next time, but it will also work the same way uh, if it's a negative impression. You know, the second thing uh, uh, as well on how perceptions, per, um, excuse me, affect our our lives are stereotypes, uh, and because they can have a negative or impact or impression, labels that we assign to others. <clears throat> in things may have been learned in childhood. So we've had this stereotype for a long time. You know, we learned a stereotype in childhood. We've carried it with us, that stereotype 
uh, that we're talking about is something that we assign to a person or a thing and we react to that person or a thing based upon this learn that we have. It doesn't talk about the learning being accurate or inaccurate, but the fact that we learned it, and if it's inaccurate or unfounded assumptions without thorough through of any evidence, we still carry that forward. And it can be very hard for us to acknowledge or admit to the fact that the stereotype is false, uh, particularly if it's something that we learned early on. Then there's selective perceptions, and that's kind of tunnel vision. So think about this in terms of uh, when facts become that you have uh, become your focus, regardless of any other uh, uh, information that may come up, you're focused on or you, you've identified a fact or something and simultaneously you're ignoring or minimizing others uh, because you're so focused on that fact. And it usually occurs when you're trying to solve a problem. You know, you only see one solution to that problem. And uh, that's selective uh, perception. The other perception, the other way as well is, it's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, I'm sure you're probably familiar with that. You've heard about that, self-fulfilling prophecy. So we have these internal expectations, um, and uh, they're unconsciously set up in our environment to fulfill fulfill them. So you think, therefore, I am, so I'm thinking oh, I'm not going to do well on this test, and I don't. Or you're thinking, I'm going to go into this meeting and everybody is, nobody's going to respond, and they do. They don't. Um, they respond in a negative manner, as you are predicting them to, or you tell yourself you're never going to make it, or you're not going to be able to do this or do that. There, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a quote that says, if you think you, if you, think you can, you can. If you think you, you won't, you won't. You know, but that's all has to do with that self-fulfilling prophecy that you are. Uh, and sometimes it's unconscious. You're helping or you're setting up the environment so that that thing, whether it's positive or negative, uh, will occur. Then you have something called a confirmation bias. And the confirmation bias is a tendency to, for us to interpret uh, and search for evidence to confirm our own beliefs. Uh, even in the face of contradicting information. We are looking for something that will confirm this thing that we believe, even when we're being shown that that belief is not true. And when I think about this one, I think about our current president uh, and our current president looking at a picture where of the audience on his inaugural and looking at the picture of a former president's inaugural and when even presented facts still believes that his inaugural audience was larger than the former president's inaugural audience even though facts to the contrary are there. 
You know, so confirmation bias, looking for a way to find, to interpret, and search for evidence to confirm. So having everybody go look for ways to confirm that or ways to to uh, confirm the belief or evidence to confirm the belief uh, that we have, even when you're being shown information that's to the contrary. And that's what's called an anchoring effect. And that's the tendency to contrast and, and compare only a few limited things, right? So you're fixated on a single value or a number, you know, which you then use to benchmark everything else that you see. You know, you're fixated on this one thing, and based upon that, you know, you benchmark everything else. Again, it could be positive or negative, but it anchors you. And that's where you you find a comfort zone. And so regardless of whether it's true or not, that's how you measure people. That's how you measure things uh, that uh, uh, go forward there. So think about this as well in terms of how perception impacts your life in terms of work. In, in terms of the workplace. So if you're in a workplace and you have these perceptions, uh, you have diff- the perceptions impact how you hire people, the people you hire, uh, p- people who get promotions, uh, performance reviews, you know, um, decisions that are made. So in the workplace, we definitely need to make sure that we can check our perceptions uh, in terms of how we're perceiving something uh, and why we're perceiving it a certain way. Uh, the key question to ask ourselves as relates to that is, what if I perceive you know, the world in a way that is really not reality? You know, if you can allow yourself to do that, that, then that will help you start thinking about or maybe even questioning your perception. And it's okay to question it. You know, don't get hung up on, you know, you know, I should, I can't question myself. Well, sure you can. You know, sometimes there's a significant disconnect between perception and reality. And that disconnect, <clears throat> excuse me, can definitely lead to a complete inability to function. You know, we see that, I think, in, in some people who have mental illness where they just can't function because they have totally disconnected from what the reality is. And we also can see that when we have individuals whose perceptions are so far apart, there's no room for common ground. You know, they can't find a common ground because their beliefs, their perceptions are so far apart, they can't even get together to find a common ground where they can work together. Um, you know, you may see this in, off, in your office with you know, two different departments. They're so you know, dug in in terms of their beliefs or their perception about something that even in the midst of things that they have to change, you know, they can't find common ground on it. I remember thinking about this when we were reorganizing a, com- and reorganizing a company and you had two departments that had duplicate operations and they were so stuck in 
the where their process and the way they believed things should be done and their perception that they were the only ones that could do it or they had the right way to do it. It was difficult. It was really hard to get them to find common ground where they could see where there's duplication and really, really be honest and think about who does it better and how can we make those things better. So, excuse me. So we need to consider that. So how can we change perception? You know, what is it like to change perception? I can tell you that perceptions can be changed. I know that I've had uh, some folks uh, say, well, you know, once somebody has a perception, you can't change it. Well, you can change perception. You actually can. But it takes work. You know, it's not something that's done overnight. Uh, It's going to take a while for you to do. Uh, The first thing, in terms of changing perception, is really to be upfront about the issue. You know, so consider the fact, uh, consider saying, I should say, that, you know, you might be wrong about this. You know, let's talk about it. You know, or, you know, there may be a different perception. Um, so let let's 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 discuss this. Let's go down there. But you know, the first thing, you know, being upfront about what the issue is, and um, and from there, taking the perception, uh, taking your perception, and listening and sitting down and talking with the other person uh, about the issue, uh, may give you some enlightenment. You don't you don't want to get defensive, and. Uh, uh, you're not there to argue. You don't want to necessarily argue, but you want to listen to each other's views. You want to listen where each other's coming from um, and look for opportunities where you can work together. Um, because sometimes perceptions come about because we really don't know the other person. Or we've never worked with the individual or we've, you know, we've never really interacted with this thing or this body that we're talking about. So, you know, look for opportunities where you can work together, consequently learning about each other and and beginning to understand where you're coming from. And where that perception is, it may also give you some insight to the world and to the people that you're working with. Now, if there's a negative perception that someone has about you or something you've done or it's their thing, then you've got to go above and beyond uh, to change it. So you have to over deliver. So by that, I mean, if, if there's perception of you that you're always late then you need to get to work at least 15, 20 minutes earlier, or you need to be there earlier all the time for a while. You know, like I said, this is nothing that's not going to happen overnight, you know, so that you, you know, for example, your reputation is that you're late, right? You're going to have to not only be early, but let people know that you're, you're there because they have to acknowledge that. If you're on time uh, early and people don't see it, in their mind, you're still late. You know, so, and you're going to have to overdo it. 
you know, find common ground with people. We talked about that. But also, you got to be patient. Again, this is not something that is going to happen overnight. If you're trying to change perception, then it's something that you have to work on. You know, remember that, you know, you want to address the issue head on, right? So you want to hit it uh, where it is. So in my write-up earlier today, I talked about a situation where I had a boss who told me, you know, perception is reality based upon, you know, this feedback, even though the feedback had no basis for reality, um, so for me, what I wanted to do was connect with the individual so I could talk with them. Well, it's difficult to connect with the individual when no one will tell you where the feedback is coming from or no one will tell you what it is. They just say, oh, it's, you know, it's feedback. I can't tell you. If you can't tell me, don't bring it up because I can't correct the perception unless I know or have an idea of where it's coming from, so I could talk with the individual at least, so I can get to know them better, or they could get to know me better, or so I can get a better understanding of why they feel that way, or why they may think that way. You know, you can make them part of your process. You know, remember if you if you want uh, a more positive impression, uh, you got to stick with someone someone's mind uh, you've got to repeat it often so if you want somebody to, to change a negative perception about you to a positive perception you got to repeat it often okay it can't be just a one-time thing you know? um, and look for characteristics uh, so you can you can show to the other person so you can that you share rather with the other person so you begin to find some common ground. Now, uh, a friend of mine, um, a teacher of mine, Marshall Goldsmith, uh, created a process, and you can look this up in any of his libraries, in terms of how to change perception. And one of the questions, if you're trying to change your perception about yourself or change how people look at you, is to you know, maybe take five people. And uh, ask the ask the individuals what are one or two things that you know I could do differently or that I could change. You know, you want to remember we talked about confronting the issues straight on. You know, come forward and say, you know, I've got I'm going to change uh, this thing, whatever that thing is, and uh, I want to work on uh, getting better at being let's say on time I will use on time because that's an easy one that's an easy one for people to think about so I want to get better at being on time can you give me one or two things that I might do differently about that and so the individual uh, gives you one or two things or if they don't then you know thank them for their time move on to the next person so they give you one or two things and you st- and then you let them know uh, thank you I appreciate it you don't argue about it you don't uh, get into a long uh, rhetorical um, speech about, you know, why it happened or, you know, your life as a child. And that's At this point right now, we're trying to change perception. And so if you start um, going down that, Rick, that path of trying to defend your action, then you're losing the person 
uh, uh, usually because they don't, they tend not to believe because when you start doing that, there's a perception that you don't really believe what they're saying. Okay, so um, step one, identify what it, specifically what it is you want to change. Okay, so it's going to be, so I'm late. I want to I want to change the perception that I'm late all the time. Um, and so I find, identify five key people who uh, would be able to see uh, the change that I'm trying to make. And then I meet with each one of them and ask them, I tell them what I'm trying to do and ask them for one or two things specifically that you could do uh, that you could do better as relate to that. Uh, if they don't want to do it, then just thank them for their time and move on. Don't argue. Don't beg. Don't plead. Thank them and move on. Uh, as they are telling you uh, the one or two things that they think you could do, uh, don't argue. You know, say thank you. Uh, and I'm going to got a few more people that I want to talk with. Uh, then I'm going to get continue to got some more. I've got this. Once I have all the information, then I'm going to identify a plan of action. And I'd like to come back with you, meet with you, and let you know what I'm going to do. Uh, and I'd like you to check in with you periodically. Um, uh, as I as I move forward in trying to to make this better, so most of the time people will say okay, but there will be sometimes when they won't. And if they don't, like I said, let them go. But once they say okay, then do that. Finish your comments. Review your information that you that you've just gathered. You've got direct feedback from the people. Enlist them in the change. You know, ask them. You know. You know, can I check with you periodically to see how you think I'm doing relative to this? And then take action. Actually do it. And follow up. You know, you can't change perception. You can't change how people perceive you. You can't change how you perceive others. But you've got to work at it. It's not something that's that's going to come easy. It won't work in an environment where people are not going to be honest and upfront with you. It won't work in an environment where um, that's passive aggressive. Uh, so, you know, check your work environment. You need to find those individuals who are going to be honest with you. And this is something you can do not only at work, but also at home. In fact, maybe your first instance is to start at home. All right. Hey, I've loved being with you today. Take some time to make a good impression. Give somebody a hug. Be kind to each other. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to From the Inside Out. Be sure to join your host, Cara D. Walker, for another episode of the program next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week.